0: but everybody doing good? We got something to look forward to this week. Right? I mean, we got something big to look forward to. January 14th. Anybody know what January 14th is? Nobody, huh? It is the middle of meteorologic winter. Yeah, means that we're almost halfway there. And I look forward to that day when we... Are wearing shorts and T-shirts again, but I want to jump in the time machine and I want to go back a little bit. I'm not going to go back too far because I know that uh, if I went back to like 19 what 80, a lot of you probably weren't alive at that time. So we're not going to go quite that far back. I'm just going to roll back to New Year's Eve 1999. Does anybody remember New Year's Eve 1999? Yeah, We got a few people right. We were bumping up against the new millennium, right? The year 2000. And do you remember the, the panic in the months leading up to that? You know, you saw a lot of people kind of freaking out because as we were looking forward to this new year, no one really knew exactly what was going to happen at midnight. The concern was that computers, which run everything these days, right, and they ran everything back then as well, that computers weren't prepared for the changeover from 1900s to 2000s. See, to save space on computers, dates had been truncated. So instead of like one one They had 1180, 81, 82, 83, 84, and nobody knew what was going to happen when it rolled over to 2000, to 00. So you saw a lot of people freaking out, and a lot of people quite honestly thought that the world was going to crash, right? That computers were going to crash. The electric grid was going to crash. The banking system was going to crash. People were preparing for the worst. You saw them stockpiling water, right? Stockpiling non-perishable foods. Stockpiling cash. Not really knowing what was going to happen. But as the clock struck midnight around the world, anybody remember what happened? Nothing. Nothing at all, right? The 1900s were over. It was the year 2000, and the world kept spinning, business as usual. But we move forward to today, right? To today. It's 2023, 2023. You guys believe that? Kind of hard to believe for me, anyway. And regardless of whether or not you were alive in 1980 or 1999, I am convinced that everyone here this morning is alive. If anyone is not alive, please raise your hand. I was hoping I wouldn't see any raised hands. But we just finished a year, and we're looking forward to a new year. A new year, 2023. And this is always really a good time to look forward to what's in store in the new year. Now, we just finished celebrating Advent. And if you recall, Advent was a season in which we looked forward, right? In Advent, we looked forward to the celebration of the birth of Jesus. We did that just a few weeks ago. But We know that we also look forward to the day that He returns. His second coming. But today we look forward to 2023. And just because this special season of Advent is over doesn't mean that we stop looking forward because God is still at work. He's still orchestrating the events of this world according to His plan. So we look forward. But you know, it's also a good time to look back. To look back at 2022 and kind of assess what kind of a year it was. What worked well for us. What mistakes did we make? What can we learn from those mistakes? And I know that looking back can sometimes be very painful. Because maybe 2022 wasn't such a great year for you. And I know that many of us have faced significant challenges over the past year. Financial issues, uh, maybe a job loss. Maybe you lost a loved one this past year. Maybe you you, you got a diagnosis yourself of some sort of health issue that you're going to have to deal with. Maybe you had family or relationship problems. Maybe you look back at 2022 and say, good riddance, I am so glad this year is over. Regardless of what kind of year it's been, there is wisdom in looking back and in looking forward. And it's interesting that God's Word has something to say about looking back and looking forward. And this is the perfect time to study this passage of Scripture that we're going to look at this morning. Not just because we're beginning a new year, but also because of the world in which we find ourselves living. God Through the prophet Isaiah, taught the nation of Israel about looking forward, but at the same time looking back. And this is the lesson that we want to learn today. So, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah 43, we're going to begin at verse 14 and go through verse 21. And yeah, we're jumping right back into the Old Testament. Love the book of Isaiah. If you are with us for our Christmas series, you know that we looked at a couple of prophe- uh, prophecies from our friend Isaiah. Those were prophecies that looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. And we saw how those were fulfilled in the birth of Jesus. Now, you may also remember that our friend Isaiah prophesied at a very challenging time for the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. If you recall, they were separated. We had the nation of Israel in the north, nation of Judah in the south. And there was also a power struggle going on at that time. If you remember, we talked about the Assyrians. The Assyrians, they were becoming this, this world superpower that would eventually lay siege to Israel. But at the same time, the nation of Babylon was becoming a superpower. So we had this power struggle going on between these two. And Judah and Israel were caught in the middle. And we know from history that eventually the nation of Judah was also overrun. And they too were taken into exile to Babylon. It's the beginning of the Babylonian exile. So as Isaiah's writing this, The people are living in exile. And this is what God says to them. He says to them beginning of verse 14. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer. The Holy One of Israel. For your sake I will send to Babylon. And bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians. In the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord. Your Holy One. Israel's Creator. Your King. So... The nation of Israel is in a really tough spot right now, right? They're in exile, they're in a foreign country. But as they look forward to what may come in the future, the first thing that I want us to notice here is that God reminds them who He is. He reminds them who He is. He says, I am your Lord, I am your Redeemer, I am your Creator, I am your King. And friends, as we look forward, we can never, ever forget who God is. We must remember who God is. And we must remember who we are in relation to Him. If you were with us for our series in Proverbs, we learned that that is actually the beginning of wisdom. Understanding who God is and understanding who we are in relation to Him. And honestly throughout the book of Isaiah God makes it clear that he is God and we are not. In 44:6 it says this is what the Lord says, Israel's is king and redeemer, the Lord Almighty, I am the first and I am the last, apart from me there is no god. We have to remember that he is the one and only God. And he's in control. He's in control. And he says to the nation of Israel, don't worry about these Babylonians. Don't worry about this. I got this. I will take care of them in due time. I'm going to bring them down. As a matter of fact, in chapter 41, God says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And friends, this is a promise, a promise that we can cling to as well. As we look forward, we remember who God is. And we remember that He is the one who is in control. Now the next two verses encourage us to remember something else. To remember what God has done. Beginning at verse 16, it says, this is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Now, When we read those verses there, what does that remind us of? You know, making a way through the water reminds us of the Exodus, right? When God led them out of slavery, out of Egypt. When He did that, He parted the Red Sea, right? And He allowed the Israelites to walk through on dry land. But When Pharaoh's army tried to cross, what happened? Water came crashing down. And they lay there, right, never to rise again, extinguished, just what Isaiah says here. And really, this, yes, says remind, he wants to remind us of what God has done, but it speaks to God's care and his provision for his people in the midst of difficult circumstances. Really what Isaiah is saying here is remember what God has done for you in the past. And that is the point that Isaiah is trying to make. There's no question about it. But I want to point out a little bit of an issue in the NIV translation. See, in the NIV translation, these two verbs in these two verses here are in the past tense. They're in the past tense. It says, he made a way. He drew out the chariots. But honestly, friends, in the original Hebrew and in almost every other translation, these verbs are in the present tense. He makes a way. He draws out the chariots. It's a subtle, but it's an incredibly important difference because we have to understand the complete point that Isaiah is making here. He says, yes, remember what God has done for you in the past, but the present tense verbs make it clear that these amazing works are repeatable. The nation of Israel could have every confidence that God can do it again. He defeated the armies of the Egyptians. He certainly can do the same to the Babylonians. Is there anything we can learn from this? Absolutely, absolutely. Just as the nation of Israel could trust God completely in the present, right, in the now, we too can trust God by remembering the things that he's done for us in the past. We have to remember what God has done for us in the past. And it's really interesting though, in verse 18, the Lord speaks again and he says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. I'm really confused here because we just said remember. Now God is telling us to forget. Right? I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's interesting, the Old Testament is filled with commands to remember. It is. Throughout the book of Isaiah, we read that we're to remember. It says in 44:21, Remember these things, O Jacob and Israel, 46.9, God says, remember the former things of old. Deuteronomy 8, you shall remember. Deuteronomy 6, take care lest you forget. Now God's telling us to forget the former things? What's he saying here? What's he saying here? Well, it doesn't really make a lot of sense unless you think in terms of what I would call selective remembrance. Selective remembrance. It's like, it's like men were very often accused of selective hearing, right? We only hear portions of what we're told. Right, ladies? Yeah, absolutely. Like that, what God is commanding here is that we be intentionally selective about what it is we remember. And this, this, this really kind of interesting shift from verses 16 and 17 telling us to remember to verse 18 where God tells us to remember not, it really informs us that in a sense that we must remember the past in terms of God's great work on our behalf, but there's also a sense in which we, in, in which we must forget the past with its discouragement. And with our failures and the bad things that we've seen happen in our past. And I know that we all have had a lot of both in our lives. Certainly the nation of Israel had seen God's provision in the past, right? The Old Testament is filled with stories of how God had provided and guided and blessed his people. Matter of fact, most of the Old Testament was written so that they would remember what God had done for them. But you know, we also see instances where the Israelites just failed God miserably. It seemed like every time He blessed them, they'd turn their back on Him. But God loved them anyway. They did nothing to deserve God's blessing. But he loved them and he blessed them anyway. So are are we really any different than the nation of Israel? Are we any better than the Israelites? I would say not really. See, what God is telling us here is don't dwell on your past failures. Forget that past. And it doesn't matter how much, how much garbage and how much darkness and sin and disappointment and failure you've had in your past. It doesn't matter because God is merciful and He is a loving God and He's willing to forgive those who turn to Him. In Isaiah chapter 44, God says, Remember these things. I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like a mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. He says, focus on that. Remember my goodness. Remember my mercy to those who turn to me. Forget your past failures. Forget the darkness. Because, as God goes on to say in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people. My chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they might proclaim my praise. See, God is telling the nation of Israel to look forward. He says, look, I have a new plan for you. He's doing a new thing. And they're presented with this choice, right? Either dwell on the past and become stagnated by their situation, By their exile? Or choose to concentrate on the future and focus on what it is that God wants to do in their lives? See, again, past experience should have told them that God was able to deliver them. He'd done it in the past. What would make them think that He wouldn't do it again? And friends, quite honestly, we are presented with the very same choice. The very same choice. Do we dwell on our past? Dwell on our failures? Dwell on our sin? Or look forward, look forward to the perfect plan that God has mapped out for each and every one of us. And friends, make no mistake, He has a plan for each one of our lives. It's springing up! Do you not perceive it? He's making a way for you in your challenges. And the word that's translated perceive here, it's a really interesting Hebrew word, the word yada, which means literally to know by seeing. To know by seeing, to be aware of by observation. So what is it you see when you look at your life? Do you see problems or do you see possibilities? See, God wants to do a new work in your life. He's making a way in your wilderness. He's creating streams of blessing for you in your wasteland. God wants to bless us. He does. Why? Why does God want to bless us? We've talked about this many times in the past. Why God does this? He tells us at the end of verse 20 and into verse 21, we're His chosen. We are the people that He formed. He is our creator. He is the God of the cosmos. And we are created that we might proclaim His praise. Friends, that's our ultimate reason for existence. Isaiah 43.7 tells us that we were created for His glory. See, God's desire is to deliver His people. His desire is to deliver His people. We see that in the Egyptian exodus, right? When He led them out of slavery, when He led them out of Egypt. We see it in this prophecy of the deliverance from the Babylonian exile, which we know from history did occur. It took 70 years, but it did happen. Deliverance. But again we see multiple levels of prophecy here. Because this not only promised to the nation of Israel the rescue from the Babylonians. But it also gives us a glimpse into the ultimate delivery. The ultimate delivery. That of course ushered in by Jesus Christ the Messiah. His birth that we celebrated just a few weeks ago. Partially fulfilled at His first coming. Some 2,000 years ago. Completely fulfilled when Jesus comes again some day to rescue us from sin and death once and for all. We look forward to that. And we look forward to what God has in store in this coming year. So, Do we have a lot to look forward to in 2023? Do we have a lot of good to look forward to in this coming year? No doubt in my mind, friends. No doubt in my mind. Remember. Remember who God is. Remember that He is the creator and sustainer of the cosmos. He is God. We are not. And remember what God has done in the past. And look, if we're honest, if we're honest, we have to admit that He's blessed us. Amen? We're blessed, friends. We're blessed. Despite all of the challenges and the difficulties that we face in this life, we are blessed. Because we have a Savior a Redeemer who loves us and wants to deliver us in this life, yes, in this coming year, yes, but not just in this life, but for all eternity. God has a plan for your life. He's doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? So what is it that God is calling you to in this coming year? What's He calling you to? Is He calling you to give your life to Him? To submit to His plan? If you haven't done that yet, friends, I, I, I pray that you would do it and do it today. Call on Him as your Savior. Or is He calling you to recommit? Recommit. To recommit to living for Him. You know, maybe you've kind of fallen away and you've been trying to do it according to your plan. It's time to remember. It's time to recommit and to look forward to what God has in store for you in 2023. Now, I'm, I'm going off on an aside here because I think this is really important. Because what I'm, say, what I'm telling you here is, is absolutely true for each one of us as individuals. But friends, it is absolutely true for us as a church. 2023 is going to bring some changes for Hope Church. And change with it very often brings anxiety. See, a lot of us don't do real well With change. But friends, sometimes change is good. Sometimes change is necessary. And the changes that we see coming at Hope, they are good and they are necessary. God is doing a new thing. And it's a good thing. It's a great thing. It is what is best for His Church, and friends, this is his church. Make no mistake, always has been, always will be. It's interesting because over the last couple of months, I've heard a lot of people say things like, oh, uh, he's decided to retire. Speaking about me, obviously. Can I just sort of clear something up for you guys? I haven't decided anything. But, through careful prayer and consideration, I am convinced by the Spirit that it is time for me to step away as the lead pastor of Hope Church. It's a good thing. God is doing a new good thing. It's time for me to pass the baton to the next shepherd of the flock. God is doing a new thing, and it is a good thing. Thing We need to remember, right? Just talked about this. We need to remember what God has done in the past. Remember the way that God has blessed Hope Church in the past. Why would we think for a second that he will not bless it going into the future? See, Hope Church will continue to be Hope Church. We will continue to be who we are. Think of it like this, and I'm going to see how observant you guys are. It's a little test. Everybody's going, ooh, where's he going with this? How many of you have noticed that maybe, mm, maybe I may have missed a haircut appointment? (laughs) You've noticed that, huh? Okay, I'm not asking for your opinion on it just have you noticed it and how many of you noticed that i may have kind of lost track of my razor <laughs> you guys have noticed this right so you've seen some change right you've seen some external changes but friends what hasn't changed is right here my heart has not changed My belief in the God of the universe hasn't changed. My passion for the gospel hasn't changed. My passion for the truth of Scripture has not changed. And friends, I want to assure you that the same is true for this church. Our mission, our vision. I encourage you, if you haven't, look at our statement of beliefs. Look at our core values. Those things will not change. Those are the principles on which this church was founded. And friends, leadership is dedicated to protecting the integrity of those principles. Honestly, it's the reason we believe one of those changes will come to fruition. We must be true to who we are. We must be true to the truth according to God's word. That's our ultimate authority. Amen? Amen. Can we look forward and know that it's going to be good? Yay and amen. God is doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Remember who God is. Remember the good He's done in the past. And look forward to His perfect plan. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just stand in amazement of who you are. We know that you are the God of creation, the sustainer of all things. You're the one that's in control, regardless of what's going on in our lives regardless of what's going on in the life of your church, Father, we trust you. We put our faith in you. We look at what you've done for us in the past, and and you've blessed us, Lord. You have. And we know that you're going to do a new thing, and it will be good. In each one of our lives, in the life of this church, in this world, Our only hope is in you, and we place our trust firmly in you. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.